you're listening to Social Work Insider, the go-to podcast for social workers in all stages. Each episode, you're going to learn key career insights and tips to prepare you for hiring success. From building confidence to personal branding, I'm your host, Harleni Vasquez, a first-gen Latina, licensed social worker turned social work career coach, and I'm on a mission, y'all, to uplift and elevate the social work profession. I was able to build my own roadmap to success within my own social work career, and I'm here to provide you all with the concrete tools and knowledge needed to create the success you desire utilizing your social work degree. Enjoy! Welcome back, my fellow social workers, to another episode here on Social Work Insider. And today, I have my girl, Shara Ruffin, who's an LCSW and the CEO and founder of Journey to Licensure. And I'm so excited to get into this juicy episode today because it is graduation season. And I know for some of y'all are getting ready to take your licensure exam, or maybe you're currently in your journey still to on your road to passing your licensure exam. Shara, how are you? I'm so excited to have you here today. Hi, girl. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so excited to hear from you too. I'm doing well. I can't complain. Yes, yes. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. And we're going to be sharing so many gems on how to help my fellow listeners, you know, get ready to take the licensure exam, you know, best practices and all of those things. But before we jump into that, I would love for you to tell my fellow listeners a little bit about you and your journey and your story. Oh my gosh, where do I start? (laughs) So I would probably say my journey um, probably started way before uh, my company Journey to Licensure was birthed uh, two years ago. So um, if I were to start, I probably would start that I've been in social work for about 20 years now. Can't believe it. Don't look like it, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I've had many hats in the field. I've been a medical social worker. I've been a psychotherapist for half that time, working directly with families, um, working directly with long-term mental illness. Um, And that's where I found most of my passion that I wanted to learn more about being a therapist. Um, That was my goal initially, even in college, many (laughs) somewhat years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I would probably say with Journey to Licensure, um, it's been quite a road. 10 years ago, um, I when I got out of grad school at Howard University, I took my master level licensure exam and struggled. I missed the exam in 2011 by three points. Never forget it, eight o'clock in the morning test. And at the time, I wasn't as devastated about it, girl. I was just like, whatever, I'm going to work in the field for a while. And I did and find out that licensure wasn't that prevalent at that time. But I was learning that in order for me to gain income, I needed to go ahead and take the exam. So I took it again. 2013, I passed. After that, life really just started to kick in. I ended up getting into a military marriage. I ended up um, having a stillborn daughter during my husband's deployment to Afghanistan, um, Asia. And then a year later, I had another baby, Jaden Rogers, who everyone sees on LinkedIn. Um, At the time when Jaden was born, he was born with a life-threatening illness that uh, threatened his kidneys. So he had to have surgery at six months. Now, at the same time, I husband was retired from the military. 
And it was just a lot going on. We were still reeling from um, the death of my daughter, Asia, and then having Jaden, who had a life-threatening illness. He, After him having surgery, he became very colic, which means that the baby oftentimes will have mood instability, not able to really eat or sleep. Um, Jaden was in and out the hospital for about four or five years of his life. Um, during that time, I went through a divorce. I ended up having to rebuild my career as a social worker, moving back home uh, with my family. And I was really going through a really deep depression at that time. So going through having a child that was medically compromised, going through emergency visits at nighttime as a full-time psychotherapist, working three hours away from home, public transportation, going back and forth, also trying to collect my clinical hours, which took five years, well, almost six, with five different supervisors because every year we had high turnover at my job. Um, it was a lot. And thank God I finished my hours in August, 2019. And I decided like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and take a crack at this LCSW. <laughs> I missed it by two points. This was November, 2019. And that, this time I was really devastated because I spent so much time rebuilding despite life throwing different things at me. I stuck with the process of trying to get things done while trying to take care of a child as a single mother. Um, I was really just depressed about it. I had a girlfriend of mine who she passed her exam and I was coaching at the same time I was preparing for mine. So she was like, Oh, I'm done pass. And I'm just like stuck. Now about three months later, March, 2020 hits. Um, I'm in a part-time job. I lose that part-time job a week before the pandemic starts. Now I have three kids to take care of at home. My son, who is thrown into virtual school because of the pandemic, my two um, bonus children at the time with my partner. Um, it was a mess because with the depression, with anxiety, with losing my health insurance, um, I had no way of getting help. I fell into a really deep depression for about seven months. Um, the George Floyd riots were going on. I was having headaches. Um, the only thing I could do was take care of the kids, take care of home, watching my account dwindle, um, almost being evicted during that time. It was a very dark period. And I had to find hope of how am I going to pass this exam that I worked so hard to qualify for all these years later. And I decided that, you know what, Char, I think it's time for you to seek some type of other help. So my coping abilities were not the same as they were when I took my master level exam. Um, so I decided to see a neuropsychologist again. And this is where I tell people the story gets really interesting because I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder my junior year of college, never really addressed it um, in a learning disorder at the time. Now, fast forward 10 years later in 2020 during a pandemic, and I lost my health insurance, borrowed money from my mom to update my psyche valve. And the reason why I got my psyche valve updated was because ASWB said, hey, you can get accommodations, but we need to know what changed. You know, why do you need them? So I had to get an updated psyche valve because my old psyche valve was way too old, over a decade or some change old. So I got an updated psyche valve. This time they diagnosed with me with ADHD combined type. Wish I would have known that several years ago. Um, because I found out that my memory's crap. <laughs> I have the memory of a goldfish and that I often would compensate with my memory. Um, having to 
rewrite information in a way that I understood it. Um, it everything academically made sense. I was a higher achiever academically in school, but the issue was constantly having to remember information longer um, and trying to retain it. I always had an issue around that. So how does that apply to the licensing? Well, a big deal. If I'm undiagnosed with ADHD, I would study for eight hours per day. That was with my master level licensure to retain. Um, back then I had no, <laughs> no job. I was in my early twenties. Now imagine being undiagnosed and having to deal with several different life changes in three children at home. Um, on top of having anxiety that was untreated. Um, so after getting on state insurance during the pandemic, I ended up getting accommodations from ASWB, getting on medication, seeing a psychiatrist and getting a therapist. Um, and that changed the game for me. And I passed my exam November 8th, 2020. Woo. Then from there, I ended up birthing a journey to licensure unintentionally though, because I thought I would go into private practice and I ended up on Clubhouse trying to tell my story of how I passed. It took me 10 years to get to um, even qualifying or even passing my LCSW exam. I had no idea that that story would turn into a business. It hit over 100,000 impressions on LinkedIn when I announced it. I said, what are people responding to? I put it up um, and talk about it on Clubhouse and a lot of social workers could relate to it. So people started passing from this free study group I had on Clubhouse for the first four or five months. And it just kept blowing up. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and turn this into a business. I think I found my purpose. And I've been doing it ever since. About 300 plus social workers later, every level of licensure has passed. Um, we've had a blind social worker recently, Temisha, who passed her master level exam for the first time. I had a homeless social worker named Dina Jones pass her LCSW exam for the first time. I had a deaf social worker, Shannon Shriver, pass her exam within eight weeks of her LCSW, first timer. Um, so several different types of successes. Um, and I think most of it comes from the fact that I've been able to hold the space for social workers in a different way. Um, I use more of a holistic approach with social workers. Now, I'm not saying study programs that are self-study are not great. They are. The issue now that I see with a lot of social workers is that they have self-study or they're using a tutor. Now, here's the issue with both. There's pros and cons with both options. If you're using self-study, which is fine with, for some people, if those self-study programs usually work from a one-size-fits-all perspective, that doesn't fit for everybody that has maybe ADHD, dyslexia, that have different disabilities, neurocognitive, neurodevelopmental disabilities. Um, that also doesn't fit traditionally with people that have a different way of processing information, or they need someone there to be able to process the questions. So self-study works for some, not for others. They have a one-size-fits approach. Doesn't work for everybody. Then you have tutors. Tutors are great, but they also work from a one-size perspective. Where I come in, it's kind of in the middle. I hold my clients accountable. I also build them a holistic structure based on their learning style. So it's tailored and personalized to them. And I also give them a kind of a already made up structure plan to follow. But I'm also giving them a lot of clinical evidence-based practices from my own journey as a therapist, personally and professionally. So I'm able to hold the space for them in a different way that a self-study program and a tutor cannot dealing with anxiety, 
maybe being a busy parent. I once had a guy, Jermaine Ruffin, we're not related. He is a program director in New York. This guy has six kids. He's a program director and he was in trouble losing his job. And he said, hey, I need help. And he needs somebody to kick him in his head to get it done. Because he's like, look, I, I need to get this master level licensure over with, but self-study programs don't fit with my lifestyle. I, I'm not motivated to keep up on them on my own. So we went together once a week for 16 weeks. He passed first try. That's um, So yeah, I, I'm paused here. I know I had a lot. To, <laughs> I probably answered a lot of your interview questions right there. <laughs> no, everything. Thank you. Number one, thank you so much for sharing your story. Obviously, I've been following you for a while. I know we've been connected for like ever, right? Be right, you know, in 2020. And it's always like, oh, you just always like reel me in, you know, in the sense of like, you know, your journey is your journey, right? And you use that, res you your resilience and now you help other social workers be resilient, right? And also helping them recognize their strengths to be able to pass this exam. Like I often share for me in the past, as you know, it took me five times to pass my LMSW exam. And the first four times I was focused on you know, like you said, self-study and this program and this program. And the fifth time I suffer from anxiety. I have test anxiety as well. All those things combined. And the last thing that I did for the fifth time, I didn't ask for accommodations because obviously I didn't really know much about that mm -hmm. then, but I really focused. Well, girl, you on, know now for that LCW. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I really focused a lot on like mindset work, right? In the sense mm -hmm. of like affirming myself, deep breathing techniques, you know, really calming my heart palpitations when I would get really, you know, that feeling when you get like that feeling in your gut, right? When you're like, oh my, mm -hmm. like, like, like your stomach to the pit of your stomach, like that is a feeling that I had to learn, not ignore it, but actually, you know, study and take practice practice exams with that particular feeling and making it part of my everyday today so that's what works for me during the and I actually passed during the pandemic too um in December of 19 of 2020 um so it's like 2020 came in hot um but for me I knew that number one I have a short short tension spam so I studied in six weeks for me because like you mentioned you have to learn your yourself best you have to learn what are the techniques that are not going to work or not work? Because especially as a recent grad, as you know, school is going to put so much information in front of you and tell you is this way or the highway, right? And that's why if you don't take the time to really pay attention to is this going to fit my needs and then you don't pass. Like it will take a toll on you. Like I was that eager social worker that in my last semester, um, even though yeah, I know I'm from New York and I went to Fordham, but in my last semester, I was so eager that I ended up contacting New Jersey to get to register and to be able to take in my last semester. And then look, that was for nothing because I failed, right? So it's really about recognizing your strengths. And again, thank you so much for sharing your story. I would love you can share, you know, concrete tips for anyone who's listening right now, who's about to graduate, who's getting ready to, you know, plan to take their licensure exam, um, this upcoming summer? I would say one, there's a lot of material out there. Um, unlike a decade ago when I took my master level at licensure, um, I would say do not go for the program that is popular. Go with the program that fits with your learning style. 
I see so many people make that mistake when they call, they use several programs. The other tip is do not use the same program <laughs> that, you know, you used before that yielded a fail. And this is why I say, you know, um, you want to use something different. If you use something the first time and you didn't do well, and especially if you had a, a gap beyond 10 points, that tells you that that learning program doesn't match what you need. It's not saying that that program is not good. It's just not for you. It doesn't match with how you learn and process information. So that would be two. Three, I would say if you have a neural development disorder, if you have memory deficits, or even if you don't and you think that you do, please, please get tested. And this is why I say why. There are a lot of providers in my journey of doing this work who really struggle with their own stigma of mental health. We're all human, right? I did. The last thing I wanted to do was to walk in a neuropsychologist's office 10 years later and say, I need help. Or even to see a psychiatrist, I need to be on medicine for ADHD. Mind you, I've been a therapist for 20 years of my life, never took meds, been to a therapist for. My thing is, if I need to take a pill for something, there must be something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. As an African-American woman um, dealing with the stigma of mental health, um, it still is very impactful, even on someone that, you know, is a mental health provider. And I had to come to terms with, I need help. As providers, I give this talk to all my colleagues, even that call me on a consultation. You have to do what you got to do. Get the help that you need so you can move on in your career. No one needs, you know, to know that you took medicine for an exam. I talk about my story, of course, because... I want people to be inspired to do what they need to do to get past this exam. We know we need to get it done for career progression, but do not ever be afraid of getting help. We all need help on our journey somewhere along the way. Um, the one example I give is as you're climbing the ladder of success, someone's got to hold that ladder while you climb. So get someone to hold that ladder while you're on your way, getting through your licensing journey and um, keep climbing. So those would be my three. No, I love that. You know, it's really about building and finding that community as well. Finding the resources that are going to work with you. Also taking the time to really reflect on, let me assess myself, you know, let me maybe go get tested. And not also putting a label on yourself, right? And recognizing mm -hmm. that you're an asset, you have so much to offer. And yes, this exam can be a barrier for many people. But as you know, I'm constantly sharing with social workers that don't tie your worth to an exam. Right. This is yes. just like a stepping stone to maybe get a particular job or maybe, you know, open up your private practice if that's what you desire. Like I've shared in previous episodes, even though I am not, you know, in the traditional social work space, right? I still got my license for me, right? Because at the end of the mm -hmm. day, I wanted to do it for me. And that was also something that shared for me last time I took it. I was no longer relying on this exam for to dictate my worth and to dictate the success that I desire in the social work profession. So that's also something that you need to be able oh, to, yeah. you know, really tune in with yourself and being like, you know what, I'm going to go in here, give it my best shot, but I know my skills and I know that I'm able to hold, you know, a position that I desire and that I want to thrive. Of course, there are specific roles like hospital or government, or like the VA, of course, that you absolutely needed, but there's still more opportunities out there. So I want to- Yeah, so honey, I love that you said that. I, I love that you said that. That was the other point that, that that's a good one that I probably would have said too. 
if mm-hmm. I would have thought of it. But I think that's important because um, a lot of colleagues I talk to, they attach their self-worth to that licensure exam. And there's a big firestorm around right now. I'm sure you know, remember that report that came out last August from ASWB. Um, you know, so it's one of those things I tell people that licensure is important, but don't attach your self-worth to it, just like you said. Um, and it also depends on the job, right? It, it really, a lot of macro social workers I meet, they're uh, learning that, yes, they if they want to progress, they they need it. But at the same time, there's so many opportunities without it, too. So it really depends on how you position yourself. And you know that more than most. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know we've been sharing so many gems that I appreciate you sharing your story, right? A uh, journey to licensure and how everything became about and you're absolutely changing lives. I would love for you to tell my fellow listeners um, how they can find you, you know, how they can book your services um, and overall connect with you. Yeah, so I, yeah, I'm all about connection. So I'm on every major platform, you guys. You can find me <laughs> everywhere except for Instagram. Um, so you can find me on LinkedIn, you can find me on Twitter, you can find me on YouTube, you can find me on, um, my podcast journey licensure, which is on every major, uh, podcast platform. Um, you can also find me on Amazon. I have two best-selling, uh, journals for social workers that are taking their exams. One is a 90 days of prayer journal. One is a 90 days of inspiration mindset study companion journal, um, that helps social workers just get prime their mindset. Cause like you said earlier, your mindset is very important when it comes to how you look at the exam is, you know, you can have great strategy, but if your mindset is trash, you know, you're not going to pass. And a good example that I'm going to give you real quick, Harley was uh, when I took my LCSW the first time, do you know, I changed 40 answers on the exam. And no then when way. I pressed send, <laughs> yeah, I did. I changed 40 answers because I went in there I had double digits on my ASW practice exam. It was like 2015, 18. It was bad. And I went and I said, man, I'm just going, I'm not going to do what I'm saying. I'm just do what I do, whatever. That whatever mindset killed me because when I got that result back, I needed 102. I got 100. Oh my God. So, <laughs> so that when it comes to mindset, which you mentioned earlier, so important. But like I said, you guys, you can find me on any major platform. Um, and be sure to check out those social work journals if you need support. And good luck to all the graduates out there. It is graduation season. So. Absolutely. And no worries, everyone. All of this information will be included in the show notes. Go ahead and definitely follow and connect Shara. She has so many resources. And remember, go find the community that's going to help you thrive and support you as you all get ready to navigate this journey in your social work profession. Thank you for tuning in on the latest episode of the Social Work Insider. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave me a review on the platform that you're listening from and follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Year Above Mind and LinkedIn at Harleni Vasquez for more motivation on how to content to help you level up within your social work career. Until next time.